Thank you for listening to the Save Point Podcast. Please consider subscribing at youtube.com slash savepointvids. Follow us at Save Point Vids on all major social media platforms for up-to-the-minute updates on everything Save Point Vids related. If you find us entertaining and informative, please leave a thumbs up or a five-star rating on your platform of choice. Your patronage is very much appreciated, and we could not do this without you. And now, on to the show. Everyone, welcome back to the Save Point Podcast Special Edition E3 2019 in review. I am your host, Josh Taylor. Today's episode is going to be all about the Bethesda conference. What we saw, what we didn't see, what they talked about, the big announcements. So I'm going to give you all of my impressions and my review. So let's jump right in. So they opened talking about a, had a movie montage with um, the Bethesda community, some uh, internal developers talking about how much they love working there, what it means to be a part of Bethesda. They thank the fans about how, you know, how they, appreciate, you know, us and that obviously they wouldn't be doing what they do without our support. It was a great way to open up the conference and it was a similar vibe to how they opened last year with the same type of movie. But then uh, after that, Pete Hines came out, kind of gave his spiel. um, And then he introduced Todd Howard, who, if you don't know, is kind of the face of the um, of the studio itself. He comes out and immediately talks about Fallout 76, the good parts, but acknowledges head on the criticisms that they faced and how they, it was well-deserved. The game was broken, but you know, they have worked tirelessly to get it back on track and get it to the game that, you know, everyone was promised when it was originally revealed. Um, so that was really great to see, you know, I don't think there was a whole lot of getting around that, you know, they, I think they did it the best way that they could considering, Again, all of the criticisms that, you know, came out when that game launched, it was buggy, it was broken, you know, there was just a lot of, there was a lot of issues, uh, but, you know, by all accounts, they have worked on it, they have steadily improved it, and the community that is a part of that game is very dedicated to that game. So it's great to see, uh, it's great to see that. But then they immediately go into Elder Scrolls Blades. It's an early access. They're adding solo arena battles. They're adding a Dragon Quest line. You can download it free as of the time of this recording. PVP launches this fall. And then they announce that Blades, Elder Scrolls Blades is coming to Switch. It will be free to play and it is coming in fall 2019. It will have cross play and cross progression with the iOS and Android version. So if you're into that, personally, I'm not a big mobile game kind of person, but if you are into that, um, it does seem to have a very hardcore fan base around that game specifically. So it is cool to be able to take that to the Switch, you know, and and cross, you know, again, have cross play. So uh, again, very, very cool if you happen to be into that. But then they uh, pivot back to Fallout 76. And honestly, one of the biggest pops that I saw or that I uh, witnessed was that they are introducing Wastelanders and they are bringing back or introducing into Fallout 76 human NPCs and quest lines. So for those that are not aware, when Fallout 76 had launched up until now, it's all been robots. 
the actual world. There were no other humans. And, you know, so it is a big deal to have human NPCs introduced back into this world. Uh, they said something on the stage about how, you know, the first year of Fallout 76 was all about, you know, settling into the wasteland, you know, of Appalachia. And year two is going to be all about reclaiming it. And so that's why they introduced the human NPCs. So it's great to see that. Then, uh, you know, new rewards, dialogue trees, it's going to make it feel more like a traditional Fallout game, like a single player Fallout game with the introduction of these quest lines and NPCs. It is coming out in fall 2019. The cool thing is, is that there is a free trial starting today. I am recording this the morning after. So June 10th, it starts today through the 17th. Everybody can play for free for one week to kind of, you know, get your feet wet, uh, you know, be reintroduced to Fallout 76 with all the improvements that they've made. And obviously the idea is to hopefully it'll hook you so you keep playing all the way through till, uh, you know, the new expansion comes out this fall. Then they added, the only thing that I thought was, it was kind of weird was the new game mode that they added, um, Nuclear Winter. It's a battle royale. Um, it is a free edition, but what made me have a little bit of pause about this particular announcement is that the best parts of Fallout are not the combat, in my opinion. And I don't think anybody's opinion, you know, the reason that, you know, for the people that have been playing Fallout for a while, or at least since Fallout 3, the reason that they introduced the VAT system, where kind of time slows down and you can pinpoint and target specific body parts, is because the actual shooting mechanics were, mechanics were so janky. So it seems a little weird that they are going to have an actual battle royale type of game when the actual gunplay and the actual combat is not the strongest part of that game by any means. But it is a free edition, so who knows? Maybe they'll come out and surprise us and it'll actually be serviceable, but that was the only thing that I thought was a little strange. It seemed very much that they realized that they had screwed up Fallout 76's launch, and so they are just trying to throw as many ideas at the wall and kind of see what sticks. But who knows? You know, like I said, maybe it's not just an afterthought, and it'll actually be something that is serviceable. Uh, after that, we do get a, um, or excuse me, after that, Tango GameWorks comes out, which, if you're not aware, they came out with um, the uh, with Shinji Mikami. They came out and launched a couple of horror games uh, for the PS3. Oh, what was the name of it? Um, shoot. Uh, the name escapes me right now, but they came out with uh, some highly regarded, you know, horror survival horror type of games under the Bethesda banner from Tango Gameworks. But Shinji Mikami comes out and announces Ghostwire Tokyo. So far from what we've seen out of all of the conferences, this is one of my most highly anticipated games just from the little bit that we've seen. I just like that world. The The name is freaking awesome. Um, it is an action adventure. It looks like you are there to rid the city of a supernatural evil. Uh, people are vanishing. You have to find out why. It was just a cinematic trailer, but it was very, the way it was presented was very intriguing and I'm interested to see more. Evil Within, that was the name. If Evil Within and Evil Within 2, uh, that was the name I was just thinking of. If it's anything, you know, close to the quality of those games, because I think those games are even underrated as it is. And those are still even, you know, depending on who you talk to, still highly rated in and of themselves. But I think that they are able to do that, have that high quality that they are known for. You know, I think that this game is going to be one to watch. But anyway, they end with a cinematic trailer and then another montage of that, uh, the Bethesda fans and the internal developers comes back. And then we uh, pivot to Elder Scrolls Online. 
Now, for full transparency, I've never played Elder Scrolls Online. By all accounts, it does have a very, again, very hardcore and dedicated fan base. We got a very long elsewhere cinematic trailer. The style did look very cool. A lot of cat people, a lot of dragons. I'm sure the, the Elder Scrolls fans that are listening to this are probably yelling into their phone uh, because I don't know these characters from, from anything. But it was Dragonhold and Scalebreaker were the, I believe, the next two expansions. Um, again, the game... We didn't see any of the game, but, uh, you know, I would imagine it looks like an MMO. The The trailer was very cool. I think it was a little long in the tooth. By, you know, the end of it, I was ready for it to be over and to kind of move on to the next thing. But it was very cool. The crowd at the actual conference was very hyped for it. Obviously, those are the most hardcore of hardcore Bethesda fans. But then we kind of hit a really, I think, the biggest low in the conference. We saw a free-to-play mobile game, Commander Keen. That whole segment just went on way too long. I think that probably should have been as part of like maybe a sizzle reel or a, a, a montage of some kind or even a press release. I, I don't know why it was. I mean, I know why it was there. I just don't think that it needed to have a full five to seven minute segment on why we should care. The gameplay didn't look particularly captivating. Again, I think you have to know your audience and, you know, the audience that is at the Bethesda conference for the most part and the ones that are tuning in, the hardcore of the hardcore fans that are actually tuning into a Bethesda live stream at E3 are not this audience, you know? And so I don't, it just seemed kind of strange, um, but you know, it's obviously for somebody, it just seemed a little long on the tooth. Definitely the low point of the conference. I think we can all agree. Then we switch over and talk about Elder Scrolls Legend, which is the card game, uh, Moons of Elsewhere. It is available soon. Again, this trailer, while it was cool, it was all right, I guess, it didn't do a whole lot for me. If you're into collectible card games, you know, uh, you know, there are a lot of different options out there. Obviously, you have, you know, Elder Scrolls Legends, you have Gwent. I don't know if it pulled anybody new in. Um, the trailer was kind of long in the tooth, the guy getting sucked into the to this other dimension, this other world. It, was, it seemed, again, it could have been cut in half and probably would have been a little better off. Uh, after that, we talked about, or they talked about Rage 2. It had, you know, just released in the last couple weeks. It had like an 80s sitcom theme song parody trailer type of thing. Rise of the Ghost expansion. It's a new story, new quest line. I didn't play Rage 2. It didn't really, that whole vibe and world just doesn't really appeal to me. Um, it's kind of what I was saying yesterday during Microsoft's conference is that it seems like every game now is some, you know, some take on the post-apocalyptic. And it just, this one just seemed very on the nose. It was, you know, it's all about neon colors and, you know, it's all about in your face humor. And it's so, it just didn't really speak to me. Obviously it's, it's the people that have played it. It's doing really well. Um, so I, again, if you're into Rage 2, this seems like, you know, more Rage 2 content. So I'm sure, you know, again, somebody's happy. Uh, the game that I am super pumped for and that I was happy to see more of is Wolfenstein Youngblood. It takes place in the 1980s. It is a couple of decades after the last game. You play as BJ Blaskowitz's twin daughters. He's gone missing and it is basically up to you to infiltrate Nazi-occupied Paris to find and rescue him and, you know, basically get him out. Or at least that's what they said. That's kind of the gist of it. This game looks awesome. I am super pumped for this. I am a huge fan of the uh, Wolfenstein games that have come out in the last several years. 
this looks just as good. It looks just as, you know, um, the gameplay, the gunplay looks just as fast, just as furious. It, it looks awesome. Everything about this screams like my type of game. So if you're into that type of, again, it's not as fast as like a, a game like Doom where it's just nonstop. But, you know, if you want a story based first person shooter, you know, that looks pretty, that runs well, that has, you know, a great field of the weapons, definitely keep this one on your radar. We don't have to wait too much longer. It does release July 26th. Um, so again, keep an eye out for that. Uh, that's a day one. That's a day one game for me. Then we talked about, or then they brought out Arcane Leon and they announced Deathloop, which had a very Quentin Tarantino 70s grindhouse type of vibe it is a first person action game where you play as rivals i don't know if it's you know again branching story paths you know maybe you just play as one for the first playthrough and then play as the other rival for the second playthrough it didn't give us me i didn't i've only i only saw it once i didn't go back and watch the trailer again it didn't give me a whole lot of info to go on again that could be me just not going doubling back to look at it again but from what we saw, it looks awesome. It, it looks from what I under from what I remember about the conference or about the trailer is that you play as again, you play as basically rivals. One is trying to, you know, escape this hell of a Groundhog's Day thing that just keeps coming, you know, happening this day that keeps happening over and over and over. And on the other side of that, the other rival is the person that is trying to, for whatever reason, keep you in that death loop hence the name but it seems very cool i'm interested arcane their type of games didn't they haven't grabbed me so far but i like the style of this one like the you know, the first two dishonoreds i tried both of them for whatever reason it just did not click with me a lot of people love them. I know, you know, when Dishonored 2 especially came out, a lot of people, you know, gave it game of the year nods and wins. Um, so there's obviously a great fan base and a great uh, respect for that studio. I'm interested and I really hope that this one grabs me because it looked awesome. Uh, then they talked about my most surprising part of the conference was they came out and actually talked about tech. They talked about the Orion streaming technology. It improves game performance and the streaming services. Um, they said it is compatible with Stadia and xCloud and any other services that might be coming out. But from what I understand, and I'm not a tech guy, so I could be getting the details on this incorrect, but it seemed like you know this is more for gaming game streaming that is happening locally on the on the actual game on the system rather than streaming from a server like a Google Stadia or you know like an XCloud might it, streaming is better with less, less latency um it's less costly because it uses less bandwidth it again is compatible with extreme uh, existing streaming platforms um, so again it didn't do a whole lot for me, I guess if the game runs better and it's smoother and again, it's less latency, I guess that's a win. Uh, it just seemed kind of strange to kind of, you know, put that right there in the middle of the conference, but maybe there was just no better place to put it. After that, we got, they tested the Doom 2016 game on iPhone with Orion streaming. She had a controller hooked up to an iPhone, it looked like. And from what 
I could tell there was no there was no latency. So again, if this does work as advertised, this is a win. This is all about, you know, the big theme I think with this E3 is all about the next generation with streaming technology, play anywhere, play anytime. You know, it's not like the old days where, you know, you had to sit in front of the TV in front of a console or you just had just mobile games when you're out on the go or, you know, a handheld con- or a handheld device. You know, now you can play true quality console quality titles on the go on any screen that you have and that's very that's very appealing and very exciting and obviously that is the direction that the industry is headed so i I think it's a win after that they went a they went in and had a deep dive on doom eternal we had a gameplay trailer and then we actually had a gameplay demo if you know anything about doom especially the doom reboot it's doom it's non-stop it's fast and again i know i said this earlier it's fast and furious gameplay it's literally non-stop you're running and gunning and jumping and swinging picking up different weapons you know it, you're literally just it's non-stop the it looks awesome again if you're into doom you know what you're getting into this was more of the same it looks amazing it is coming out, they said, on November 22nd of 2019. And then they did announce a battle mode. It is 2v1, Demons versus Demon Slayer. So you, if you play as two demons, you basically team up against one Demon Slayer who is fully powered up. And then it's basically a deathmatch situation. And that was pretty much it. Then they kind of closed out the conference from there. You know, overall, and this might be a little controversial to say, I think that this game or this conference, excuse me, was better than Microsoft's. I don't know if that's because I didn't have as high of expectations for this one compared to Microsoft's. I, I'm not 100% sure yet. I kind of got to reflect on that. But my gut is telling me that this one was just more entertaining. Still a little long in the tooth. It wasn't perfect by any means. I don't even think it was necessarily a great conference, but it was very good. Um, you know, Commander Keen, um, Elder Scrolls Legends, the card game. Those games, again, they're speaking to someone, obviously. But I, I think that you know, instead of padding it out to an hour and a half, if they would have cut those segments out and made a really tight and great hour, hour 15 experience, I think that would have really helped out. And that goes for Microsoft as well. They had some duds in there. But I, overall, I think it was a very good conference. Obviously, the Bethesda fans, they are the most hardcore of hardcore. So if you listen to that conference live streamed, you would have thought that every announcement was just completely awesome. You know, they they yelled and they cheered at every little thing. So that was cool to see, you know, that fan interaction. I don't think you get a whole lot of that at the other conferences. Um, but overall, it was good. I don't think that they are going to quote unquote win E3, but I don't even know if that was their point. They came out, they spoke to their fans about the games that they like to play. And, you know, they, they delivered on that message. I'm interested to see Wolfenstein or, um, you know, I'm interested to play Wolfenstein. I should say next month, that game looks awesome. There was, you know, a couple other games that I am interested in again, that, uh, ghost line or ghost wire Tokyo, um, that looks even though we didn't see gameplay, that looks awesome. Um, so, you know, there was definitely some great new announcements there. Uh, I'm interested to see more. I think it was definitely a better showing than they had last year. Last year, I thought was a dud, even with the inclusion of those very short 
teaser trailers for Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6. I thought they just had to throw those in there because of Fallout 76. They had to do something to appease the hardcore fans. But those games, as I was saying yesterday, I those games I don't even think are in actual production yet or in development. I think it's still pre-production for sure. But anyway, so that was my thoughts. I I am very excited to see the future of Bethesda. I think they've got you know some great things on the horizon. Um, so let me know what you guys think. Tweet at me at SavePointVids. Leave a comment in the um, you know section below. Please hit that subscribe button, like, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend. I could not do this without you. And then just so you guys know, today is Monday, June 6th, or I'm sorry, Monday, June 10th. We have Ubisoft's conference this afternoon, and then Square Enix has one at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I will be doing a reaction piece to both. I will try my best to get them up online before the end of the night. If not, it'll be first thing in the morning. I'm excited for those. Square specifically, I am unabashedly a Square, old school Squaresoft fan from the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy is my jam. So I'm excited to see the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm excited to see Marvel Avengers. Ubisoft always has a strong showing. Um, you know, we should be seeing more of Watch Dogs Legion, the new Ghost Recon game. We'll probably see some updates for The Division 2. Maybe we'll see a rebooted Splinter Cell, fingers crossed, hopefully. But let me know what you guys want to see. Again, tweet at me, save point vids, and let me know. And until then, everybody stay safe. <laughs>